Before we begin today's episode of Skincare School, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to Elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome back to another season of Skincare School. I'm Amy Clark and I'm joined by science educator, chemistry PhD and cosmetic chemist Michelle Wong, aka Lab Muffin Beauty Science. This week on Skincare School. Every time I talk about my routine, I just like couch it in all these disclaimers because yes. I think it's really tempting to just see someone's routine and just copy it straightforwardly and expect the same results. But that's just not going to happen because everyone's skin has different likes and dislikes. You have a different budget to me. The products available where you are might be different from what I've got available. Probably look for products and ingredients that have more than one function. Or you can also use the vitamin C in the morning, which is a very popular option because that also helps with some of that sun protection with that antioxidant action. And the reason why a lot of the time you can only get them in clinic is because they are a lot more potent and they need to be handled with, you know, professional skill. Consistency and regular product use over a substantial period of time is needed to see visible changes in the skin. So you've got to have realistic expectations about what you can actually achieve with a skincare product versus what you might be able to achieve with a skin treatment. Yeah, and then with sunscreen, of course, we have to mention sunscreen because you have to wear it every day. There are a lot of good options now in Australia, which is fantastic. I'm like, oh, no, I literally like... I break out in a rush just thinking about salicylic acid. In season one, we spoke heaps about how to structure a skincare routine, you know, what the basics are, your three steps that everyone needs, even by skin type and then primary skin concerns. So if you've listened to season one, you'll have the base understanding, or you can go back and listen to the second half of the season for really like in-depth info on the core skin concerns, which are, I guess, broadly speaking, hyperpigmentation slash uneven skin tone acne, pimples, breakouts, skin texture, dehydration, and then age management, so fine lines and wrinkles. But what if I want to work on my hyperpigmentation and my fine lines and wrinkles? Or what if I feel like my skin is dehydrated, but I also have breakouts? So we want to talk today about how you can manage multiple skin concerns at the same time. And so the question is, Michelle... (laughs) How do I do that in a way that A, isn't super convoluted, like a 12-step routine, or do I need to buy all these different products that do different things? But also, how do you manage multiple skin concerns without risking impairing your barrier? I think the best thing to do is probably look for products and ingredients that have more than one function. So there are so many skincare ingredients that can do more than one thing. They can target more than one skin concern. So the biggest example is probably vitamin A. Vitamin A hits so many skin concerns at the one time. So for example, it can deal with acne as well as reducing the appearance of hyperpigmentation and also do some of that anti-aging stuff where you get rid of texture. You can also look at products that have multiple ingredients. So if it's a product that's been formulated with a lot of thought, then it should be balanced enough that there's less risk of overdoing it on your skin. So in other words, they've done the thinking for you. You don't need to wonder how much retinoid should I put in versus how much vitamin C. If you've got both of them in the one product, then yeah, it's a bit more of a no-brainer. There are probably also things in there that can counteract some of that irritation. This does tend to give you a high price product, but I think it can be really worth it compared to those 
those like one and done sort of products because yeah, there's just so much less thinking. And you also don't need to worry about things like, can I layer these three products? And if I can, what order do I do them in? How much of each one? Yeah. Or does this active ingredient, is it going to like have a chemical reaction with the other one? And like all of these kinds of worries, they do all the work for us. And to your point, I think we had that when The Ordinary first came out, it was all about single ingredient products. Whereas in a lot of more kind of like clinic based cosmeceutical active skincare brands, you'll find products that are formulated with multiple active ingredients in a way that they work synergistically. For example, some products you'll find a vitamin A of some description paired with an AHA or a BHA, for example, which if you layered them in separate products could be a bit dicey, but when they're formulated together, sometimes you can find that that you'll get extra benefits or you can tick off a few things at once. As you said, the best example is vitamin A. So that vitamin A piece covers off a lot of skin concerns under the one ingredient umbrella. But what about if you want to target, yeah, things like uneven skin tone or texture, but you're also on the sensitive side? What do I do then? Because I feel like some of those powerhouse products are not going to be right for maybe my skin type. Yeah, the go-to ingredients in Western skincare are very punchy. Things like chemical exfoliants and retinoids, they tend to be irritating, but there are actually lots of ingredients that can do multiple things that are a lot gentler. So niacinamide is a really good example. Vitamin B3, it can do so many things, even our skin tone, help with skin texture, while also being really good at supporting the skin barrier and being non-irritating, unless you're allergic, in which case, very sadly, that option is not available to you. There's also lots of gentle alternatives to the harsher products. So for example, glycolic acid tends to be a little bit spicy because it's a smaller molecule. It gets into skin more easily and can get a bit deeper. So if you go for a larger chemical exfoliant, which is every other chemical exfoliant, like lactic acid, for example, then that can be a lot gentler. Lactic acid also acts as a humectant moisturizer. So it also grabs onto water and hydrates your skin. So yeah, that is a really good option if you're going for a gentler ingredient, but still getting a lot of that chemical exfoliation that helps with the texture, smooths out your skin and just makes it really glow nicely. There are also alternatives to retinoids. I guess not alternatives to retinoids, but derivatives that are a lot gentler than the classic retinol, retinol. Also vitamin C derivatives, which are gentler than L-ascorbic acid, which is that classic super effective ingredient, but it does tend to sting a bit. So those alternatives, these derivative ingredients, they have a bit less evidence for their effects because they usually need to turn back into the original ingredient before they start to work in the skin. But I think they're a really good option if you are really prioritizing dealing with sensitivity at that time. You might get a little bit less of that strong effect, but once the sensitivity is over, then you can go back to them. And yeah, they're just kind of like a nice thing to swap in and out of your routine, depending on how your skin feels. Exactly. It's having that flexibility and being like, you know, we're playing the long game here when it comes to skincare, as we've discussed. You don't want to just be like, go, go, go wreck the barrier, stop, start, stop, start. So having these other options that you can turn to and also you don't feel like you're missing out because sometimes Mm. I get FOMO when it comes Mm. to when I see people using certain products. I'm like, I wish I could use that. Um, So I don't feel like I'm missing out. You can also choose some products uh, formulated in a way that makes 
I guess the delivery system of those active ingredients a little bit more tolerable. Like sometimes you'll hear about like a vitamin A encapsulated or wrapped up in something like a squalane time release kind of stuff. So if you ever see something on the bottle where it says like slow or, you know, time release technology or things like that, basically just means that it's like drip feeding your skin the actives. So you don't get kind of like that bam kind of woof flooding into the skin one such product actually that I've recently been loving for if you want to work on blackheads the appearance of pores like skin texture is the medicate press and clear it's a BHA toner or liquid exfoliant I guess but it has been developed with this kind of more gentle BHA so that one's really great they also have the PHA version which is press and glow and PHA you know alpha hydroxy acids like little sister maybe or cousin I don't know that's how I like to think of it so it stands for polyhydroxy acid there are two main ones which are gluconolactone and lactobionic acid they're kind of like glycerin crossed with an alpha hydroxy acid they've got extra hydrating properties and they're also a lot gentler and it seems like they don't increase your sensitivity to the sun unlike glycolic acid and then you've also got some other products that I want to mention where we're combining ingredients in a way that kind of like gets you best bang for buck without compromising the skin barrier the alpha h midnight reboot serum this one contains vitamin a and glycolic acid and you look at that and you go that sounds like that's a lot but it's been formulated in a way that they actually found that combining these two ingredients in this way increased the efficacy of both ingredients so you get the glycolic acid for that surface level you know dislodging the dead skin cells on the surface of the skin you get that like next day glow but then you also have the grid active retinoid which is that gentle vitamin a derivative to encourage your skin to produce its own collagen and it kind of gives you that age management plus resurfacing but in a way that is formulated for sensitized skin so really like interesting product i personally love love the scent I don't know about you but it has that to me it smells like a Christmas ham it's like that clovey kind of a little bit spicy smelling product and then I guess like the more hardcore version so if you're like guys I'm sick of us always talking about products for sensitive skin I want the tough stuff I have to mention the Alpha H, the Beauty Sleep Power Peel. That one is a really great product. And again, it combines vitamin A with glycolic acid. And for someone, yeah, that's looking for that like punchy, potent kind of like, whew, okay, something's happening here. I would highly recommend the Cosmetics Refine Refinishing Treatment. It also comes in the plus version. So absolutely not for beginners, but this is a vitamin A product that is really going to give you that skin resurfacing, stimulating cell turnover, improving the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles, but it's also for hyperpigmentation, for uneven skin tone and texture in a non-drying formula. So that is for the people that are like, I'm so done with the sensitized skin stuff. I want the strong stuff. I guess the other way we could look at how to manage multiple skin concerns in one routine is really like thinking about your routine holistically, including utilizing AM, PM, and then that kind of skin cycling approach. So do you have any tips, Michelle, in terms of like structuring a routine to, I guess, 
yeah, swap certain products in and out or say you're focusing on one thing this night and then the next night we're focusing on this or maybe we use some products in the morning versus sometimes at night. Yeah, so I think spreading out your products using skin cycling is a really good technique. So one way you can approach it is look at your skincare routine. Look at what the harshest products you have in there are. It is probably a retinoid and an exfoliant for most people. Maybe vitamin C if your skin is sensitive to that. So you can just use them on separate nights. Maybe if you've got all three, then night one, two, three. Or you can also use the vitamin C in the morning, which is a very popular option because that also helps with some of that sun protection with that antioxidant action. So for example, my old routine was actually those three nights. It was retinoid, then exfoliant, and then vitamin C, and I would cycle through them. And then if my skin was too sensitive on vitamin C night, I would skip that and put that in the morning instead, or just skip it for that particular cycle. And yeah, that just means you kind of only smack your skin with one thing per night. Of course, you could use one of these combined products that we said before, and that also means that you have less of a chance of freaking out your skin by putting too much on it. So yeah, that will work. Like I said before, the only caveat is that that is probably not as ideal because you might not end up using each product as often as you should to get the maximum effect. But I think it's a really good approach if you are finding issues with sensitivity, you can just go back to this more simple routine and do that for a bit and then try to build up from that. Another thing you could do is also, I don't think we mentioned this, but you can use a wash off product. And this is what I tend to do if my skin's being too sensitive to really use a chemical exfoliant. I'll use a mask in the shower or I'll use one of those peels or something. So one example of one of these like in shower exfoliants is the Dermalogica Rapid Reveal Peel. So you'll just put that on or I would put it on in the shower. Most people are normal and put it on before the <laughs> shower and wash it off. I just try to cram everything in the shower. Oh, I love that. You're a busy gal. You got to get it done. I just like washing my face and not having to worry about where the water is going. Yeah. That means that it's off your face. You don't have to worry about layering. And usually it is a little bit gentler, I find, than just having a leave on, or at least it's more predictable. You kind of know what's going to happen to your skin compared to just leaving it on, going to sleep, and then waking up with a really sad face been there. Another option is almost thinking about the face in quadrants or zones and you know I don't know about you but I find like I will experience certain skin concerns in just one area of the face. For example I have a lot of uneven skin texture around the jaw and the chin area because I had acne as a teen so that's something that I want to work on but I'm not going to apply perhaps like my exfoliant or my vitamin A necessarily to the entire face because I can be more sensitive on the cheeks or dry on the forehead. So kind of thinking about that approach of like spot treating or using certain products in certain areas of the face can help too when I'm thinking about blemishes if you're experiencing like a hormonal breakout kind of flare up applying your active just to that area versus swiping it all over the face sometimes that can be really helpful too if you are a bit of like a sensitive gal like me but then the other thing to mention is professional skin treatments because As you've said, it can kind of be tricky to manage multiple skin concerns in like the most effective way at home, because as you said, you're not really using like enough of each ingredient or each product if we're skin cycling. If you want to really say, okay, this is what I want my skin focus to be, 
going and seeing a dermal therapist or dermatologist or something like that for a skin treatment is a really effective way to see results for these multiple skin concerns in a relatively shorter period of time because they are more invasive. For example, something like a laser treatment can be really great for not only resurfacing and reducing the appearance of hyperpigmentation, but it's also kind of like a mini trauma to the skin because it's encouraging the skin to have that wound healing action, produce its own collagen, things like skin needling. Are there any other skin treatments that do a lot for, you know, a shorter period of time? Well, I know one dermatologist, Dr. Davin Lim. So his entire skincare routine is he just does like one tretinoin peel a month and that's it. Like he'll just peel his skin off once a month <laughs> with a vitamin okay. A. Okay, maybe because he's a dermatologist, he's like, okay, <laughs> I know how I'm a professional. I know how to deal with this. But yeah, it's kind of like even things like laser genesis is a really popular one. The peels that professionals have in clinic are way stronger than the kinds of peel that you can do yourself at home. And the reason why a lot of the time you can only get them in clinic is because they are a lot more potent and they need to be handled with you know professional skill but sometimes rather than investing a lot of money into all these different products if you're really wanting to get visible results and not over a long time period go and see a professional and spend that money it's obviously skin treatments are more expensive than buying a skin product but you're going to get serious results And I feel like that really leads into my parting thoughts on this topic, which is like there's a degree of patience required here. Like you can't do everything all at once. We all want results. We want them fast and, you know, we want that quick fix. But as we'll touch on later in the season with how long it takes for different ingredients to work, consistency and regular product use over a substantial period of time is needed to see visible changes in the skin. So you've got to have realistic expectations about what you can actually achieve with a skincare product versus what you might be able to achieve with a skin treatment. Yeah, so sometimes the best approach is not to just try to smack every target at the same time, maybe just work on one thing. And then once that's done, then move to your next skin concern. So for example, you might want to deal with your acne first and deal with blemishes. Then after that, then you can deal with the hyperpigmentation because if you don't deal with the acne first, then you're just going to keep on getting more and more of those hyperpigmentation spots. And if you try to treat both at once, you'll freak your skin out and it won't work quite as well. It's definitely the marathon, not the sprint. This question for today's episode is from a listener who just really wants to have a sticky beak in your skincare cabinet, Michelle. I was kind of like, do they not want to know about my routine? You don't want to hear what I would use for the rest of my life? So the listener question is, Hi, Dr. Michelle. My question is for all of us who love skincare but are struggling through the cost of living crisis at the moment. I'm so easily influenced to buy every new product that comes out, but I just cannot afford it. So I was wondering that if you were going to build your ultimate skincare routine that you had to take, you know, away traveling or if you had to survive only on those products in a desert island, what would you take and what do you think you're going to use for the rest of your life essentially? Thank you. So really that's like a two-pronged question. So I think let's do what would make up your ultimate affordable skincare routine and then separate to that, what will you use for the rest of your life regardless of price point? 
So hit me. Oh, I'm just really scared of commitment. Yeah. And this is a very commitment sort of question. And I think every time I talk about my routine, I just like couch it in all these disclaimers because yes. I think it's really tempting to just see someone's routine and just copy it straightforwardly and expect the same results. But that's just not going to happen because everyone's skin has different likes and dislikes. You have a different budget to me. The products available where you are might be different from what I've got available. And yeah, that's just so many variables. So I would probably just start off with saying, like, please don't just copy my routine and expect that your skin will like everything because that probably isn't going to be the case unless maybe you have used some of my favorite products in the past and they worked well for your skin. Maybe I am your skin twin. Just to determine who might be your skin twin, we know that your skin type just from last season and our conversation so far this season is you're more on the oilier side Mm -hmm. but like what also are your main skin concerns or like what are you trying to do with your skincare routine well my skin is quite dehydration prone this tends to happen with asian skin and so yeah i try to have lots of hydrating ingredients while also having i guess less oily ingredients as well in terms of skin concerns i guess my biggest ones have always been pigment but that's actually changed and this is actually also why i'm a bit of a commitment foe because yeah your skin will change throughout your life and so i've actually gone through a bit of a process of rejigging some of my skincare lately because i think last season i probably mentioned my dad is like a giant mole. So genetically, I am probably going to go that. <laughs> Not in personality, <laughs> but a literally. <laughs> yeah, he's lovely, but his pigment, that's passed on to me. So, you know, curse him for that. But otherwise, lovely dad. Yeah, so pigmentation. I was acne prone. Again, that has improved a lot. But now my skin's gotten a little bit more sensitive. So things have been shifting. And I don't think anyone should expect that their favorite product now will be their favorite product in 20 years time. It's just not really realistic. Yeah, so that's, I mean, we've kind of now veered into the second part of the question because it was like, what will you use for the rest of your life? But back to the ultimate affordable skincare routine. Yeah, maybe I'll just talk about my favorite budget-friendly brands because that's kind of where I tend to start with looking for budget-friendly products. So I think dermocosmetic sorts of brands tend to be quite good because they tend to be the sort of brands where they have a more clinical focus and they really try to give you products that are good for a range of skin, especially sensitive skin. And yeah, it's usually really low fragrance, or at least they'll tell you whether or not there's fragrance. They have really bland ingredients. And a lot of the time they're from really big brands who will test their products on tons of different people. And so you end up with a product that will work for tons of people. Most people will be able to use it and get benefits and not have big issues. So these are brands like CeraVe, La Roche-Posay, Bioderma, and actually Bondi Sands is actually another one, which is a bit less of that Derma Cosmetic because they're quite new, Mm. but they have tested on tons of people and yeah, they just tend to work well. Another super budget-friendly brand, which I think everyone will immediately jump to, is The Ordinary. Yes. They tend to be a bit hit and miss, I find. Some of their products work great for my skin. Some of them are just not very good it feels like they're not working or I just hate the texture and I think that's sort of the risk you take with a really budget-friendly brand it's just yeah less reliable across the board which of the ordinary products would use in your skincare routine tomorrow I mentioned the squalene cleanser before that one is one of my top favorites I think it's just like really beautiful with those brands with bigger companies a lot of the times too one conglomerate or company owns several brands under an umbrella from super affordable to 
luxe. And so when you're buying from a brand like that, like it's that CeraVe, La Roche-Posay, for example, a lot of the research and development that's gone into those patented formulas kind of like I guess you'd have that trickle down effect in terms of like they're all owned by the same group and so you kind of can yeah benefit from that without having to pay that higher price tag yeah but then again at the same time they will make sure their luxe products will have some sort of benefit over the more budget-friendly ones so there are pros and cons oh also I wanted to mention Korean brands a lot of Korean Mm. brands are really budget-friendly and I guess if you have Asian skin like mine or if your skin's just prone to dehydration a lot of those are really tailored for dehydrated skin and they're just so hydrating and yeah some of them are super budget friendly and you get textures that you just can't get in a lot of western products unless you pay a premium totally and some of those brands cosrx claire's is a popular one some by me innisfree and laneige are probably like the most well-known mainstream korean skincare brands and Hada Labo too actually is like new to Australia from Japan and they have, yeah, a lot of those textures that, as you say, feel more luxe. There's I Am From too, which, yeah, some of the names you're kind of like, oh, okay, bit interesting. I Am From have this, I think it's called Mugwort. That one I've seen, a lot of these kinds of products are always around on TikTok because they're just kind of interesting. The textures are interesting. They're ingredients that you might not have heard of before. But yeah, I love a good Korean skincare. And then Boost Labs is a really interesting brand because all the serums are under 30 bucks. Yeah, and they've pretty much just cover the whole spectrum of actives as well, which is really cool. So I really like their retinol. I guess if we're starting to commit to products, I can say... (laughs) I got her to do it, yeah, guys. All right, <laughs> commitment time. Okay, so yeah, Boost Labs, their retinol is quite good. It is quite on the gentle side, so sometimes I'm like a bit worried about whether or not it's still working, I guess. So yeah, sometimes I go for a more pricey retinoid because it is one of the more unstable ingredients, so I will probably end up shilling out for something like La Roche-Posay, for example, their retinol serum, which is, I guess it's not super pricey, but it is maybe a little bit less affordable. Yeah, in terms of, I guess, cleanser, my favorite cleanser is probably... If I had to commit to one, it would probably be the Bioderma Micellar Water because it's just so, Ugh. so good for so many situations, including on the plane. Yes. Oh, nothing feels as good as a swipe of the Bioderma Micellar Water. Also really good if depending on, yeah, summertime, it's great as like can be a great morning cleanse if you're just like, you just want to feel fresh, but you don't. You're like, oh, my skin, I don't need to like do a full cleanse, but I just want to feel refreshed. Also really good for fixing up eyeliner mistakes, eyeshadow fallout. Yeah, so many good uses for that one. And because you only need a small amount, I would classify that as in the affordable category because one of those 500 mil or the 250, it's going to last you a while. Yeah, I have gone through a few bottles of those because I like it so much and I just end up using it all the time. So I think that is definitely one of the top ones. And it's actually designed for sensitive skin. So I feel like I will be able to use that for most of my life. In terms of moisturizers, I would probably go for a Korean moisturizer. I really like I'm From. They've got some really nice products. Claire's have some really nice ones as well, which I really enjoy. I would also have La Roche-Posay Cicaplast Balm just for when my skin freaks out. Love it so much. 
I've been using that for ages. They have changed the formula though, I think. I'm not sure if that's reached Australia yet. I started trying it and it seems to be the same, but lighter, which is kind of good because the old one is a little bit gluey, which is fine. Yes. But, you know, small improvements are also nice. Yeah, little tweakment. Mm. So another brand that I really like is Viviology. So this is a brand that is made by James Vivian, who is a really experienced dermal therapist. And so, yeah, I just trust him a lot. I personally haven't been using vitamin C as much lately because, yeah, my pigment is less of an issue. But if I had to go back and pick a budget one, it would probably be the Viviology one. It is really nice. And yeah, it's a solid product that doesn't cost too much. Yeah, and then with sunscreen, of course, we have to mention sunscreen because you have to wear it every day. There are a lot of good options now in Australia, which is fantastic. So yeah, some of my favorite brands are Ultraviolet. They have tons of really cosmetically elegant sunscreens and also La Roche-Posay. And they also have a big range. So committing to a single one for the rest of my life, maybe not, but I feel like there will be something in both of those ranges that will suit my skin at any time. Yeah, and now I'm going to twist your arm. I want some definitive answers Um, (laughs) are there any standout products irregardless of price that you feel like yeah I might be using this for the rest of my life okay so in terms of cosmetic retinoids the most beautiful one I think that I've ever tried is the Medicaid crystal retinol Retinol is starting to turn up a lot more in cosmetic products now, but yeah, the Medicaid one has been around for ages and a lot of the newer ones are quite yellow and it just feels a bit weird putting a really yellow product on my skin. That's so true. And also, yeah, the thing I've noticed, it's funny when you work in beauty, even if you don't work in beauty, but when brands come out with their launches, you kind of start to notice patterns. And one of those patterns is vitamin A products packaged in purple packaging on the outside and a yellow color from the actual formula. I can think of a handful that are all purple and yellow, purple and yellow. Anyways, that's a just a, a non-important detail. Crystal Retinol from Medicaid, we talked about that earlier this season and last season as well. And I love that you can like go up or down. You might venture up to the 10 and then you might go, oh, actually, yeah, I think I should just go back down to six. Like you can go up and down quite easily through that range. Yeah. And you can sort of see my strategy here. I'm going for things where I've got flexibility. Yes. She doesn't like to be pinned down. Yeah, in terms of the other products, I feel like, yeah, a lot of those are probably what I could comfortably use for the rest of my life. I think I also have to, of course, shout out Paula's Choice 2% BHA liquid, which I have been using for, I believe it is now 13 years. Wow. Yeah, we're married now. That is a long-term committed relationship. Congrats on making it that far. But yeah, such a cult product again. And also that makes sense to me given your skin type and your concerns like my face would not I'm like oh no I'd literally like I'd break out in a rush just thinking about salicylic acid all over but yeah it's such a good product and for good reason Alrighty, we got it out of her and look if anyone wants to know about my routine I'll just say a few very quick things I get FOMO I want to share it's funny that Michelle doesn't want to be pinned down (laughs) and I'm like I want to tell you everything Yeah, the CeraVe cream to foam cleanser, I could definitely use that. That's affordable and I could use it for the rest of my life. SkinCeutical C, Ferulic and or the Viviology vitamin C, like I might rotate between those depending on how my finances are looking. Ultraviolet sunscreen and probably like a Cosrx pimple patch. 
I'm going to be using pimple patches for the rest of my life. So yeah, that's my two cents. No one asked, but there you have it. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Skincare School. You'll find everything we spoke about referenced in the show notes. Got more skincare questions? Well, did you know that there's a whole team of experts and product specialists waiting to answer them on our Adore Beauty live chat? You can jump onto the adorebeauty.com.au website and chat to our team of real people in real time. And while you're there, tell us what you think, leave a review and a rating, and don't forget to tell everyone in your life about skincare school. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe in your podcast app and you'll get a notification the second that our next episode drops. 